Hey guys, welcome to the 2020 American Hard Enduro podcast number one. What's going on, Drew Kirby? Well, we're here in your office where we tend to record all these things and uh, going to get this 2020 season started. Excited. We haven't done a podcast in quite a while. Cool. Well, in case you didn't know, I'm Will Preston, Drew Kirby with me. Um, we're going to talk about King of Motos, Rev Limiter, the Grizzly Run, and a little bit of just kind of newsworthy stuff that's been going on lately. Yeah. And this is American Hard Enduro. I don't know if we said that to get started. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. American Hard Enduro. Okay. So... King of Motos, it went down, King of the Motos, uh, went down approximately, what, not this past weekend, the weekend before, right? It did, two weekends ago. I think it was February 8th weekend? Yeah, and if you haven't seen my YouTube um, Skype interview with Mark Cook, go check that out. Um, it's obviously on our YouTube, American Hard Enduro channel, or you can go to it through Facebook, um, and Mark actually went out there, participated in the event, helped uh, organize some of it. So uh, that's a pretty good listen. He talks a lot about King of the Motos. But uh, I guess let's just jump straight into the results. Um, what do you got? Well, it was Cody Webb's first race back. Um, and I didn't even know that Manuel Lettenbeckler was going to be over here for the race. So maybe I was living under a rock or maybe we just didn't hear about it. But that was a big surprise to me. So um, of course, of course, Colton Haker was there. Uh, Max Gearston uh, was surprised that Ron Como the third made the trip out. Uh, he's riding for Beta now. Flew out from Florida. Um, I think he'd never done a GPS race before, so I think he did well. I think he was sixth. Yeah. So them, I guess KTM sending over Manny or Manuel Lettenbeckler. It's almost like they don't want Sherco to just dominate this year. It seems that way that they want to win. But uh, unfortunately, Manny, well, not unfortunately, Manny had a great race. Him and Cody were tip the tail most of the day. Um, yeah. The live broadcast was actually pretty entertaining. The broadcast was entertaining, the coverage, but the broadcasters were. Yeah, they, they, they didn't know they much did about as, hard enduro. Let's put it that way. They did as good as they could with what they had, I think. Yeah, Cody Webb rides a Sherco right. and Wayne Didka. Wayne manages Dicka. the Sherka Factory One team, so <laughs> I think next year, and it was Rick Johnson. I mean, he's a legend in the motocross world, but right, he he butchered a lot. So, um, but anyway, so it was a good race. It was really cool to be able to watch it live. I mean, I was in the basement working on bikes, had my phone going, and you know, helicopter coverage. It was hard to see who the riders were, but you could see them. Right, and and for the most part, you knew if it was a super tall dude riding a Sherco, yeah, it's probably Cody Webb, and if it was a Smaller guy, but still pretty tall. Riding yeah. KTM, it was is most likely Manny. But um, who got third? Um, Manuel Lembeckler got third. Okay. Tristan, Tristan Hart, Hart got, got second. second because Manny skipped a section, um, got an hour penalty in the end, and uh, it allowed Cody to get the win and Tristan to get second. So that's pretty much what happened to Cody, I guess, two years ago, back in 2018. Um, I think he had a huge lead and you know missed one of the sections on the final loop. So he was penalized, and he dropped back to second or third place. So I guess what goes around comes around. Cody gets the benefit of Manny having a little bad run there. Yeah, and I think Cody made it known that, you know, he wasn't 100% and just kind of wanted to come see where he was. And I think he, he said he didn't have much for Manny, but, you know, hey, you get lucky every now and then, kind of like he was unlucky two years ago. And it, it looked like I would love to go out just to see the whole King of the Hammers, King of the Motos, Hammertown the whole atmosphere. Um, I talked to Bo with Ready to Ride Rentals, and uh, 
he was talking about how dusty everything was. And, you know, fortunately, I was I was complaining about how much rain we've had here in Tennessee. And he said, man, you couldn't see anything out there. I mean, that whole hillside where the guys took off was just – GoPro, he said, doesn't do it any justice, kind of cuts through the dust, but you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. And I can't imagine breathing all that in for – would they race six hours for that final race? Yeah, and and that's hard on bikes too. I, I oh. mean, mud's hard on bikes, but I think dust might be even harder. Yeah, kill, killing the motor if you know you have any issues with the, the air filter. And um, so technically, nobody finished the third lap, right? That's right. They in, in the coverage just they, they were you know the riders were out there you know half an hour from getting back, and it was like all right, we're done. Yep, and they just it. turned it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the live coverage ended abruptly, and in. There was some confusion. I think we didn't get official results till Wednesday, maybe. Yeah. Um, so we know how that goes. You As, know. Especially when you add GPS into the, the, you know, everything. You're adding a whole other factor. You got to check everybody's device. You got to make yep. sure everybody gets every check. And, when, you know, I, I guess did some of those remote checks, they weren't manned. Is that correct? I could not tell you. I know that they had some when they would come up out and they would, there would, they would ping where they were. Yeah. But I'm not sure what they were using. Okay, cool. Um, Is that enough on uh, King of the Motos? I think so. Um, okay, so like I said, go listen to that um, YouTube uh, interview I did with Mark Cook on Skype. And we also talk a lot about RevLimiter, which is the next West AMA Extreme event or the first East AMA Extreme event. So um, obviously, I don't know how much we've talked about these two new series the AMA has going this year, but, um, you know, it's pretty exciting. Absolutely. And it's going to be again, and we talked about it, I think on our last podcast of the year, uh, 2019, that it will be a number one plate for the East and number one plate for the West. So, and they're sponsored um, by Sherco. Yep. Sherco is sponsoring both of them. So, um, if you haven't checked it out, they've got their Facebook pages up and running. Um, I think it's the Sherco AMA East extreme and the AMA West Sherco AMA West extreme. I think if you type uh, most of that in, you'll get there. Yeah, it'll it'll it, it's smart. Right on. Oh, uh, but the rev limiter. Uh, I haven't listened to the actual YouTube Come on, yet. Drew, I seriously? know it's it's. I keep forgetting to watch it. So the rev limiter is in a new location, Bridgeport, Texas. Um, it's a right. couple miles out of town, so going to be a cool new event. Can't it's actually wait. within the city limits, so it's not far at all. Really, I mm-hmm. think a couple miles is what he had told me the other day. Something um, like that. All right, so. I guess, what are the dates on that? March 27th, 28th? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Last yeah. weekend in March. So let me, uh, let me pull it up while you ramble on, Drew. Yeah, I, I'm good at rambling. So while he is looking that up, we'll start talking about our first race here that we did on the first hard enduro of the year um, on the East Coast, the SEER event, uh, the Grizzly Run. Um, and the SEER is actually the Southeastern Extreme Riders Association they're putting together a really cool race series this year. Uh, SRT stepped up and is the title sponsor of the series. Um, Hunter Williams, Gary Bratcher, and Gary, wait, Derek Bratcher and Gary Barr putting that together. Um, Will, myself, and Blake actually all got to go race it. I wasn't supposed to be able, I wasn't planning on making it, but uh, was able to get down there and it was awesome. The weather, for once it wasn't raining. It was nice. It was a little cold. It started out chilly, but. Chili for hard enduro is a lot better yep. than 90. Yeah, well, the biggest problem is you wear too many clothes in the morning, and then you burn down when you really start getting after it. My, so. my biggest problem with the, the cold or coolness were my hands. I, I couldn't tell if I pumped up or if my hands went numb because of the cold. Oof. So 
I had some pretty good arm pump going, and I don't know. I I don't know if I wore the wrong gloves, but about halfway through that first lap, I just had to stop for a minute, <laughs> shake my hands out, <laughs> take my gloves off, try to get them moving, get some blood flowing, and, and then once I did that, you know, it improved significantly. Well, um, let's go back to the Grizzly Run, just how many people showed up, because they were expected about 60 people. Um, and they do things a little differently in the SEER events, in the SEER series. Um, they do gold, silver, and bronze classes, similar to, I guess, Romaniacs. Right. Um, and so the gold and the silver run the hard, or the A line, and the bronze guys have some bypasses and run the B line. Yeah, um, and, and the, the gold classes, um, it's comprised of your pro and A riders, okay. prim- primarily. And maybe some of the A riders went to silver, but... Um, I think mostly all the A riders went to gold. So, but how it broke down, there were less than thirty gold riders. Yep. I think there were forty-five or fifty silver riders, and then bronze was the biggest class, sixty-four. Yeah. So, so they they ended up with one hundred and twenty-eight riders total for the day. I mean, they they actually ran out of numbers, so we were doing handwritten numbers, which is <laughs> I a got good, a handwritten number. Yep. I, I was eighty-five gold, but uh, it was a good problem to have. And you know, in in perspective, the king of the motos had 124 riders right um and i know with the king of the motos there was a lot more upfront cost gps than just the cost of race was over 600 bucks from what i've heard wow um so anyway they they changed it up this year they did like a hair scrambled dead engine mass start which isn't my favorite but it is what it is um you know you got to start somehow so it there was a couple miles of single track that led into the course and somehow i managed to get a whole shot um and I did quite the opposite. When I hit my button, the the bike didn't fire, and I think I hit it twice, and it finally fired. And by that point, in a dead engine hair scramble style start, I felt like I was in dead last. So I had 27 guys in front of me, and just running through the woods in that single track, I, I picked off a few. You know, I I probably moved up five or six spots, and then I proceeded to just fall over. I just fell over on a simple, <laughs> simple hill, and the GoPro footage is pretty frustrating because when I fall over, then they just go by me, zip, 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 zip. <laughs> everyone you passed, yeah, pretty much everybody I passed, make another good run, um, pass some people, and then get to the first kind of bad hill, and I get hung up there, and everyone I had previously passed passes me back. Is so. that the little uphander up? Yes, up, left yeah. hander up the hill. Well. Let's go back to the very start because we get lined yeah. up and it was it was very tight, like having twenty eight people there, and mm-hmm. uh, I got lined up and and all of a sudden a guy squeezes in next to me and I look over and it was Corey Buttrick and I was like oh hey sorry it's a little tight he goes well that's why I put this pole in the ground I was like oh I thought that was for where the A riders lined up so I kind <laughs> of taken his spot inadvertently um, so you know we're all chit chatting and all of a sudden they tell us to cut their engines cut our engines and. I, I started freaking out because I hadn't turned the GoPro on. I hadn't turned my watch on for GPS and all that. Yeah, they did an 11 o'clock sharp yeah. start. So we're just, you know, it wasn't like a one minute, two minute. So they do that. So I'm freaking out. And all of a sudden he throws up 10 seconds. Boom, there goes the flag. Like I said, I was fortunate. Got the whole shot. As soon as I hit the woods, I realized I never put my goggles on. <laughs> no and goggles. It was, and it was one of those, uh-oh. And we went through some pretty fresh single track of like face slappers. And I, I couldn't see where I was going. And, uh. So anyway, I was I contemplated pulling over, and I thought that was the worst thing I could do, and held the lead for a little bit, and we went through the scoring tent, and then hit some more fresh single track. I took a wrong turn, and I know Farringer and Corey got by me, and I proceeded to make a few mistakes, and finally 
settled down and just kind of rode for a while. So the first really tough section was called Guy's Diner. Yep. Where where were you? Were you like top three or four So by the time we got to Guy's Diner, there was five guys in front of me. And then Quinn, I just let Quinn around because I knew, you know, he's really good and all that stuff. And we dropped into the diner and it just kind of log jammed. And I could see the, the guy who was in second place. I guess it was Corey trying to get out of the end. And all of a sudden, Quinn turns left. Like, it's a huge boulder garden, kind of flat, but it is roped off. He turned left and took this line that reminded me out of something of, like, Carl's dinner in Erzberg and just hopped across the top of the rocks and passed four of the dudes. It was a legit legal line. Yeah, oh, it was 100% legal, and I was in awe. And I didn't take it my second lap, and I did it my third and fourth lap, and it was like a super highway. If you could just... You were coming down a rock, and you had to lift the front wheel and get it up on another rock, and then you were perfect. But it was meant, it just looked scary. Well, sadly, Drew and I walked this section before the race, and we didn't even see this line. No, we didn't. Because I, I, every time I went through there, I took the slow um, follow everybody line, yep. and it was just brutal, especially the first lap. And this was a pro A line, and it still was pretty bottlenecked. It was just a lot of big rocks that your front wheel hit, and you couldn't get going. Um so um, it wasn't anything horrible, but it just slowed you down. Right. Um, oh, okay, so after Guy's Diner, um, some pretty awesome single tracks, some yep. big like overhang rocks, oh, kind of yeah. similar to Fallen Timbers up yep. in Ohio. Yeah, if you see any of that footage, very similar. You're running on like a off camber with a huge rock ledge, and the, the craziest thing was it was below freezing overnight, and water had been running off, so you had all these frozen icicle yeah hanging off and on my second lap the sun had started hitting them and they were crashing down and i was like i'm gonna get taken out by one of these things uh, what happened drew no. icicle yeah icicle yeah there's no proof but uh luckily that didn't happen so we cruised along there and then my first major crash of the day was we were right along the edge and there was a huge rock you could jump up on or a log you had to go over and they were oh, both yeah, on a little yeah. uphill and there was a mud hole before them and i i looked at the rock and it just looked very visually imposing and so i thought i'll just go over this log well i went to wheelie the front wheel did not wheelie that line was horrible i don't know why i even thought about it i did it every time (laughs) that was the only time i crashed on it but so i was scared to hit the rock so the big flat rock was super fast had traction it was the way to go well as the day went on the rocks got mud on them and they were so slick and so scary i was scared of the big rock right um, well, it, as we wound around the course, I guess the next major feature was Derek's Revenge or Derek's, Derek's Hill. Derek's Hill. And I guess we should say it was a three-hour race, five-mile loop. Right. So the top guys ended up making five laps. Yep. Um, a few guys made four laps, yep. and then and I guess the majority of people made three or less. But um, Derek's hill was, was the first major major obstacle yeah it was a major obstacle and i think on my second attempt my first attempt i went up the right side <sighs> yeah rear good. end got washed out yep came back down the hill and then i, I made it probably i don't know two-thirds of the way up i went right and ended up zigzagging boondogging yep. um, bulldogging my way finally made it up over the top and just blew myself up i'm sure just like everyone else well and and we didn't walk it. We looked at the top of it, and Chuck DeLula had walked it the day before and said, hey, if you stay to the right, it's a straight shot, but it's harder. If you go left, it's a little easier. And so I, there was someone stuck to the right. I went left and made it, like you said, about three-quarters of the way up and then started side-hilling and actually caught Chuck there. 
And so... Did you go left or right? When, once you got two-thirds of the way up? Two-thirds of the way up, I stayed right. You stayed right. I okay. went way over. But the rest of the race, a line developed to the halfway left. up. You turn left and do like three. It was like a snake yeah. all the way up. And yeah. so that's what I did the rest of the race. But So I got with Chuck, and we rode all the way to, what was that? The next section, what the Chuck. Some good singles. There was one thing that caught me off guard is we dropped off a rock shelf onto a rock that was about... 10 feet long and about five feet wide. It's pretty narrow. Pretty narrow. And you dropped onto it and then you had to roll off of it. And it was kind of a rectangle. And then when you dropped off, it was just about going over the bars level. Right. Um, but luckily, rolled I, it every time. I think I was going slow enough. I didn't have that problem. Oh, I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I went off pretty slow. So, But we rode, I actually rode with Chuck all the way to the last obstacle which was, or the start of the last obstacles, which was the lower Grizzly. Yeah, and lower, really, this race was, in my opinion, it it came down to this section. I mean. These three sections. Those three sections. Yeah, really, Guys Diner wasn't that terrible. No. Derrick's Hill was pretty bad. Yeah. But the lower, middle, and upper Grizzly were, um, you know, that's probably where I spent the majority of my time. Yeah, I would agree. Um, the lower section, you had to, duck under or cross this tree an elevated slick log yeah which created a, an interesting bottleneck of course and then um the middle grizzly is that the one that had where you had to cross the other tree or that was the upper or you could go around it okay okay so <laughs> let's back up lower grizzly you started out with a tree and you went in a creek section Right. And then that was an A only line. Then you crossed the Jeep Trail and then you started Middle Grizzly. Hmm. And it was the one that you went and it got really steep and there was a line to the left or you could go way around to the right. And to me, that was what the most people had hard time with because you had to pop out onto this Jeep road and it was slick red clay trying to get up onto the Jeep road. And it was one of the only And that's places. where the Bronze Riders came back in. Yep, that's where they were coming. Yeah, I about up. got taken out by one of them because I popped up over that hill and here he came. I'm like, yep. dude, I'm not going back where i came from or i may never return yeah to me the middle grizzly was kind of a defining point of whether you paired up with someone i mean i saw a lot of guys helping each other yeah. and um but to me that the middle grizzly so then we got spit out on, well, the, on the middle grizzly yep. did you go right or did you go up the main line each time first time i went right second time i went left and then the other two laps i went right okay so i went left the first time yep. which was horrible yep had to team up with somebody <laughs> yep. and then the rest i went to the right yeah if you if you could get up to the right and then it was a good side hill across it was there, slick there was really just that one place where, where you the had tree the was. power pivot turn yep and then my last lap when I before i did that pivot turn somebody else came in above that log and it was like super highway and i was like oh my god i wish i'd seen that <laughs> Well, so then that spit us out on this Jeep road, an uphill logging road that all the bronze riders came in. And we'd run this section a couple years ago, and there's a log, and we were like, oh, this log doesn't look bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the problem was we didn't over the log. It wasn't bad, unless you add 100 Eight. of your yeah. friends that are sea riders. Well, of course, my first lap, luckily, there was no one in my way. And then I'm sure yeah. by the time you got there, oh my it was God. quite yeah. crowded. but. So you got over this rock, and or this log, excuse me, and then there was a couple vines on top of a rock, mm-hmm. and then just lots of holes and some huge rocks. So us and the A, the, sil- the gold, the silver, and the bronze guys all had to do this short, what, 50-foot section. It felt like a little longer. Yeah, and so then after that, the bronze guys ducked out, and we did Upper Grizzly, which 
honestly wasn't horrible except for you were so gassed right from fighting through lower grizzly middle grizzly this section with the bronze riders and then and it was really cool because the scoring tent was right there within all of this so all the spectators great spectating area so you went up then you went on up upper grizzly did a u-turn and came back to scoring when I thought Upper Grizzly actually had really good traction for the amazing. most part. I mean, even though water was running, um, you know. It was it was great traction. If you had a gummy tire. I don't know what it would be like if you had a moto tire, but gummy <laughs> tires were hooking yeah. up. And if y'all haven't seen the video of, who was the guy that launched his Husky? Oh, I, I don't know his name. It was John Davis has sent us the, the loop out footage. And I don't know his name, but it, that was a bronze rider, I believe. He could be a silver rider. But he was in this section where we're talking about where all the bronze riders, we were all stuck. And he was going to do a, a, a left foot down, left pivot turn and couldn't get the clutch in. And it, it as we've all done, it went to loop out. He got it, did a complete 180. And when it hit, somehow the throttle stuck. And he <laughs> he let go of this Husky. And I mean, it caught traction. And it shot 20 feet down the creek. It defied the physics that I know. Yeah. It, it reminded me of like Cody Webb jumping on it and making traction. <laughs> and then it just hooked up and launched. This thing was gone. Yeah. I see why the guys hold them wide open now and pop the clutch. That That is what happened. It was impressive. Yeah. Um, so then at the top of Big Grizzly or, or Upper, Upper Grizzly. I, well, before that. So when you got out of the section with all the bronze riders, scoring tents on your right, there was a huge rock. The flat rock. The flat rock on an angle. Yeah. I heard some people were jumping that. That's what I heard Drew Dobbs yeah. had some crazy line. And I was there with him a couple times and never saw it. And I was like, looking back, I was like, oh, that would have been cool. Because it got a little chunky after that. Well, I, I got lapped by Chuck. And I, I made him go by me. He, he was smoked. <laughs> and so he went up to the on that flat rock and he fell over. And so I'm like, come on, Chuck, let's go. I don't go. know if I've ever seen Chuck fall over. I'd have paid money to see that. And he that. went another 50 feet and fell over. <laughs> And then another fifty million <laughs> fell over, and I mean he was he was so smoked, and and you know I'm I'm like I'm hitting him in the rear tire. I'm like, dude, I'm a lapper. You gotta go. But uh, <laughs> all fun. He, it's all fun in Art Enduro. Exactly. But he finally um, he kind of left me up at the top, or I got hung up behind another you know dude. So whatever. Um, so my day did not go very well. I think I ended up fifteenth or sixteenth or something. Um, but. I, I guess, you know, I made three laps. Um, each lap I got faster. No, that's good. So, uh, you know, I think by the end of the day, if it, if it had been two or three more laps, I think I probably would have done pretty well. Well, I was, so I got eighth, and I got lapped on my third lap, I think it was. And so it was a three-hour race, and they said at the riders' meeting, I thought at two hours, 30 minutes, they were going to throw the white flag. But apparently at two hours and 30 minutes, they were going to throw the checkered flag. Right. So. I'm coming up this last creek section, and I was kind of waiting on Nick to come lap me <laughs> so I didn't have to do another lap because I hadn't seen the white flag yet. So, uh, But long story short, they threw the flag at like two hours, 36 minutes, and uh, Nick Ferringer won, and apparently it was an epic battle up this last creek section um, between Nick and Quinn. Quinn was right on him. Yeah, I think I heard he was – well, I don't think it was an epic battle. I think Nick had a big lead, and I think Quinn was reeling him in. And got within ten seconds. Okay. Well, and when when they lapped me, Nick had probably a four minute lead before Quinn lapped me. So I mean, it was a good, um, it was a good bit, a, a big lead. And I don't know if Nick slowed down or or what, or Quinn was pushing. But have you seen Quinn posted this yesterday? Have you seen when he whiskey throttles 
and lets go of the clutch, and his bike jumps and hits a guy in the side. Oh, no. Oh, dude, this poor guy. <laughs> if you guys follow Quinn on Instagram or Facebook, he posted it, and uh, I think it was a huge sorry bro moment is what he said. Well, I know Blake had a sorry bro <laughs> oh, moment or two just well, <laughs> launching his bike up that creek. So Blake, who does all of our filming, Blake Terry, if you guys don't know him, he uh, he got to race this one. And we were talking, and he, he launched it up a little, I don't know what, a little rock, and then the, he ghost rode it, and then the bike falls over and knocks the guy down. He goes, I never saw that guy again. I think I, I said, did you hurt him? He said, well, maybe that's the way to take out the competition. So <laughs> if you guys get around Blake, just watch. So third overall went to Steven Edmondson. Yep. Heck of a ride for Steven. And then fourth went to Jason Gillen, both of those guys on KTMs. And then Chuck Galula in fifth. Um, yep. And I guess we need to mention that both Nick Ferringer and – Quinn Winsel are on Sherco's now. Quinn's been on them. Not Quinn. I can't talk today. Nick's been on them for a couple years now, and then Quinn recently made the switch to the Factory One Sherco team. Yes, Sherco. I mean, those guys are really kind of the the top guys on the East Coast, anyways. I mean, they finished one and two last year behind Wade Young. Um, It will be very interesting. I I think we all know how it's going to go when we go to the Revlimiter. Um, the West Coast guys have got a distinct advantage with guys like Cody Webb and Max Gearson and Colton Haker. Um, but I feel like Nick and Quinn are, oh, yeah. are, are closing the gap. Oh, well, I think well, they're up there with Max, no doubt. I know Max and Quinn battled at Revlimiter last year. Like, they were every video you saw them, you know, fifth and sixth or sixth and seventh. Yeah. Um, and then we should also mention Corey Buttrick was riding a borrowed – husky tpi 300 that he'd ridden once maybe right and uh so on the first lap i think he boiled all the cooling out and decided didn't want to blow up a buddy's bike which was <laughs> that a was nice, nice yeah nice because i never i think i passed him or saw him in the last uh one of the grizzly sections so bummed to hear about that because you know he made the trip down from west virginia i think it was an eight hour drive for him oh yeah get to ride one lap of a hard enduro so but that was a grizzly run it was man we heard nothing but positive feedback um the next seer event is actually march 15th um at the rock crusher farms in young harris georgia that'll be the groundhog uh hard enduro yeah and and i guess even before the next seer event you you were saying there was a race at Doe Mountain coming up. Yeah, March eighth. Uh, Stephen Edmondson actually, or his wife um, Ashley, put it on Facebook. So I've heard that was a good one. It's in the most northeast corner of Tennessee you can get. It's um, it's really not even in Tennessee. It's so high up there. Yeah, it's somewhere. But I don't think either one of well, I don't. I won't speak for you. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it because uh, the next weekend is the Groundhog, and then two weeks after that we're going to Texas. Yeah, big trip I'm, I'm year. not going to make it to the Groundhog. Um, family trip that weekend, but I'm going to try to make it to the Doe, whatever they're calling it, Sasquatch or something um, up there. So hopefully we'll get a report from that. Um, you know, the more of these races that keep popping up, I mean, if we have a hard enduro every weekend of the year, I think I'd be happy. I mean, it'd be awesome. Yeah. That, that's what we're shooting for here. Um, and and the, all the SEER events are, well, the ones we've done have been really good, well done. Um, we've I've done the Groundhog the last two years. Um, it's been good. So, yeah, Adam, Adam McCluskey down at the Rock Crusher, he knows what he's doing when it comes to putting yeah. on races. They've had several sprint enduros yeah, down full there, full gas sprint enduros. Yeah. So, and, and then he runs a year round, um, you know, riding area. Yeah, uh, they're not open every weekend, but you know, it's a great place to go ride um, moto trails, whatever extreme. They've got it. 
All right, so I guess that's the wrap-up on the Grizzly. Awesome event. Everyone was happy. Weather was good. I'm still sore, but that's to be expected for the first <laughs> race of 2020. And yeah. what was this international news you were talking about? Oh, yeah, the international news. I saw an Enduro 21 where the West, the World Enduro Super Series, and the FIM, who I don't think they've been getting along. Uh, no. Maybe someone gave the other one the finger. Yeah, um, there was a breakaway and a break up, I believe. Yeah, but apparently they're working towards a new hard slash enduro series. Um, something about the hard enduro World Cup. Um, so I'm guessing that KTM and Husky and the FIM all have to make up, and you know they're gonna instead of it being this hodgepodge of hair scramble events and normal enduros and hard enduros. Yep, they're gonna do just all hard enduros. Which makes sense. That's what we want, right? Yeah, I think KTM and Husky were behind the West and trying to get, instead of having to go to two or three different race series, they wanted one race series they could send the semis to and try to be the most well-rounded, which, eh. Yeah, we don't care about that. We want to know who the best hard enduro rider is. That's what I'm talking about. Which is interesting that a hard enduro rider has won it every year it's been an inception. Yeah. since its inception. Well, yeah, I, I guess there's many reasons for that, but... Most hard enduro riders have ridden traditional enduro no, yeah. in their lives and, and can go fast. Yeah. But I, most traditional enduro riders never ridden probably haven't enduro. practiced a whole lot of hard enduro no, in trials. And don't like it. Right, exactly. So but I mean that sets up the battle between, you know, Graham Jarvis if he's still, you know, yeah. not too old when this happens, versus Cody Webb versus, you know, Johnny Walker and Billy Bolt and Wade Young and Mario Roman and Colton Haker. And I mean, all these top guys can actually battle doing what they're good at. Yep. So that's what they're not focused on other stuff. Right. So, um, one other thing is tires. Yeah. So always, we're always asking what tires you guys run. What tires do you recommend? Um, personally we run Kendas. Um, and I've been hearing Michelin has a new, it's either extreme enduro or hard enduro tire. Um, it's FIM based tire. It's actually what Wade Young used last year when he won the American Hard Enduro Series. Um, he would bring them with him when he came from wherever he was traveling from, and his mechanic Boo Boo, um, which I saw a post today, they may not be working together anymore this year. But that's that's on the rumor side of things. Um, so heard I know Hunter Williams and a couple other guys had been trying these Michelin. They're they're getting the Michelins already. Yeah, they're getting them. Okay. I, I've heard they're pretty pricey, over hundred bucks. Which I mean, a good gummy tires close to that. Um, and they had awesome things to say about them. Um, so what a lot of people don't know, and we recently found out, um, is Kenda actually has two new FIM ish gummy tires coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a one hundred and forty spec, so they're a little bigger tire. Um, they do have the low knobs, which is traditional to be an FIM tire. Well, you can't they have, have a, they have a 120 as well, not okay. just a 140, according to their website. Okay, so all this can be found on their website. They'll be available, I think, mid March. Um, they are in a container on their way over as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually used the, I think it's going to be called the Gauntlet rear Gauntlet. tire. Yeah, this weekend I've ridden it two. I've had two of them before this and. Honestly, I got a couple holes in one of them with tubeless. Um, so I wasn't so sure about it. The carcass might be a little more thin. But the second one I had great luck with, and then I raced it this weekend with no flats. So traditionally, I run the Ibex in the rear. Um, so are, are they still going to have the Ibex? Yep, the Ibex is still going to be here. This is just something um, 
I know they're they're coming out with. So they're going to have a one called the Gnarly with a K, and then one called the Gauntlet. And was talking to the Kinder Rep today, and um, I think Cody Webb's liking them, and it's what he's going to be running uh, going forward. And the other really interesting thing the Kinder Rep told me was they're going to have front tires that go with these um, that match up to these new rear tires. Um, they're also coming out with a kid size gummy rear tire. Um, nice. Tough Like Roar this year is going to have a, a youth division. So I guess IRC has had this for a year or so. Yep. And They've, so Kenda's stepping it up. Yep. Which is great because, you know, you've got these, I think it's, will only increase kids' satisfactions when they're riding because they'll actually be able to hook up a little better. Won't have Heck to. yeah. Um, won't struggle as much as the word. What, what is for. the size of a kid's rear tire? Like 16? Uh, yeah, I think it's a 16. He sent me an email. I will check that while Will rambles on for this time. Well, I'm not as good as Drew at rambling on, so um, hopefully <laughs> he can find this pretty, oh. pretty quickly. So they actually have two different rear sizes available. They're going to have a 9114 and a 9116. Okay. So two different, a 16 so and a 14. So that's probably like a 65... Maybe was yeah, maybe an eighty-five, eighty-five, yeah, hundred cc bike. I'm gonna have to get one for the kids' new CRF eighty. Oh, I'll be looping them out. Heck yeah! Um, oh, speaking of that, <laughs> totally <laughs> random thought, but I've always laughed at you know guys that run um, trials tires on their enduro bikes. Oh, I saw it too. Yes, I, I saw did. a trials bike this weekend <laughs> when, running a gummy. Yes, or excuse me, running a, a knobby. knobby. Yes, so, yeah. I, I've always I, joked with people about, well, I'm running a, a knobby on my trials bike. Yeah, yeah. Well, and what was so funny is I saw the guy, and we were in that middle grizzly section, and I was on the right line, and somehow he was over, like, it got real steep and went down to the creek. And this guy on the trials bike with a knobby was over there, and he was leaning it over into the line. And I said, hey, man, can you just lean that thing over to the right a little bit? But as soon as I went to go, I noticed it had a knobby and about wrecked because I was so confused. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... Hey, maybe it's a thing now. Maybe I should throw one on the trials bike, see what Go happens. Go for it, yeah. Um, but no, so Kenda is stepping the game up. Um, they are the tire supplier for the new Sherco Factory 1 racing team. So I think with Cody and Quinn and Nick and all the guys on the team, you know, I'm really glad we're seeing some new improved tires. So really pushing things forward. Absolutely. That so. sounds good. All right, so um, I don't know. We, we going to go ride? I hope so. I'm still sore, but and my bike actually didn't get any damage this weekend. I broke a, a Bark Buster shield is the only thing I broke. So I just have yeah. to put it back together from cleaning it, and let's go ride. I have a few, a few pipe dents happen this past weekend. Well, yeah, probably. I think I saw more than one. <laughs> but um, So, well, guys, this is it for the first, first one of 2020. All um, right. We'll see you all out there. Hopefully we'll see you at the Grizzly or, or excuse me, the um, rev limiter in Texas, yep. or possibly the groundhog, and maybe what we'll do is we'll sh- we'll shoot for the groundhog is a little less than a month away. Um, if we don't, if there's nothing exciting happening between now and then, uh, no podcast. But maybe after the grizzly, or excuse me, you got me saying it now, the groundhog, <laughs> we will do a podcast uh, between the groundhog and the rev limiter, kind of a lead up. Or if not, we'll definitely do one after the rev limiter. Sweet, so, sounds sounds like a plan. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Later.